guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, I guess I can be one of the first ones to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, I know, but... Uh, I'm just going to get out there ahead of it. Um, it's a great holiday week here uh, at Outsports, at LGBT in the Ring, at all of our podcasts. Um, and I'm very excited that I'm able to give everyone a early Christmas present, as our guest so doodly pointed out on Twitter <laughs> that this show is going to be. Yes, our guest this week is the ankle breaker, Jordan Blade. Blade is a awesome wrestler fighting out of the DMV, um, but it's going to be known in more places very, very shortly, especially considering uh, where she had wrestled right before we recorded this interview um, last week. You know, we basically she's been very out and in, in public, not just about um, how awesome her weekend with Paradigm Pro Wrestling's UWFI Contender Series or her appearance at uh, Synergy Wrestling's uh, Women's Garden State Invitational Tournament. Um, But she's also a very out and proud bisexual black woman. Um, We saw that in her appearance at Butch vs. Gore this year, um, where, of course, she, along with Eel O'Neal, formed the Kings of the District, the first and only uh, primetime pro wrestling tag team champions in history. Uh, And you'll notice a trend throughout this. uh, Even though 2020 has definitely been a um, sporadic year when it comes to pro wrestling, Jordan still accomplished a lot of firsts, and we get into a number of those firsts. um, And that's kind of built out of very um, productive and, and... satisfying year I would say despite circumstances and definitely a lot of momentum carrying her into 2021 um yeah I'm just excited I had the chance to sit down and chat with her like almost just days after uh stepping into the ring with Trisha Dora and Janai Kai and yeah it's just awesome and I can't wait for everyone to hear it but of course Christmas Eve this year also marks another huge special thing um as you are listening to this now the first of five days of coverage of the qwi 100 our list of the top 100 lgbtq pro wrestlers for the year has gone live on outsports.com the first day of course uh since there are 100 we are breaking the the uh, the list out over five days, twenty uh, honorees each day, starting today on Thursday the twenty fourth. It will run through uh, Monday the twenty eighth, and that will lead right into our uh, site awards as well, our Outsports Year End Awards. So, um, I I take great pride in putting this list together. Um, and I, and I put a lot of work in, into this and I, I can say fully that, uh, I am so happy that I ran into the problem of having to figure out who to cut from the list. It's a, it's an odd problem to have, but whenever it comes to the amount of out LGBTQ pro wrestlers in today's scene, 
Um, I think a lot of people, I at least have at least one or two people on social media say like, are there 100 to even list? Um, and the truth is there are more than 100. So many more that had accomplishments that were worthy of celebrating that I found it very hard to um, make this list only 100. Um, but I had to preserve my brain a little bit. <laughs> but either way, um, I, I think that this list stands um, on its own and I'm very happy with it and I cannot wait until next year to see um, how these shift and and who might uh, make their debut on it because there are a number of people that are on the cusp and I cannot wait. Um, but yes, make sure to check out Outsports.com every day, starting today, running through Monday, the 28th, and follow along as we run through the uh, top 100 LGBTQ pro wrestlers of all time, uh, not all time, excuse me, of 2020 <laughs> uh, with the QWI 100 over there. Um, I will go ahead and, and say this. I, I think I say this in, in uh, the text of, of the article, but the list is unranked because family uh, doesn't play favorites. And um, so I list everybody uh, alphabetically. So... You can start to kind of see a trend as you go through the days. But either way, come back, check it all out, and we'll talk more about the QWI 100 next on next week's show, our New Year's Eve show. Because, you know, for some reason, this show gets to have all the holidays um, on the Outsports calendar. It's it's fun. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I really look forward to seeing what everyone thinks and, and seeing... Uh, feedback. Uh, this has been a labor of love, and I and hope you all enjoy it. That's another. You get two Christmas presents. You get the QWI 100, and then you get this interview with the ankle breaker. The DMV is Jordan Blade. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very excited to have as my guest this week. Uh, you know her as the ankle breaker. And if you paid attention at all to some amazing pro wrestling here in early December, you definitely caught the Women's Garden State Invitational. And she, in my humble opinion, had the match of the night against Trisha Dora in the opening round of that. I'm not trying to like blow smoke or anything like that's a legit <laughs> feeling for me. Jordan Blade, one half Kings of the District. Welcome to LGBT in the ring. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. So I can't can't even get the words out clearly. <laughs> no, no worries. I stumble over my words all the time. <laughs> Whatever. No, I, I'm excited to have you on because like 2020, despite everything with the pandemic and everything, like and and wrestling being as like spotty here and there, um, because of it, you still had a fairly memorable year. Um, I'd say whether it be like first ever moments or like like outstanding performances or like really getting to bring some of what you um, implement into your pro wrestling with your BJJ background mm -hmm. and really getting to accentuate that, especially over at Paradigm Pro um, mm -hmm. over the weekend as well. So like, I guess where I, where I want to start with you first off, like with the pandemic and everything, how have you been handling everything pandemic wise and like, how are you been coping yeah so the honestly the the middle of the year for me was very slow so like the first half not even half the first part of the year was very eventful for me and obviously the last 
part of the year has been very eventful for me um, with some like cool moments in between, uh, you know, wrestling wise. But other than that, um, like from, I guess, like the start of the pandemic, I guess, like March ish um, through like October, it was pretty barren for me as far as wrestling goes, um, you know, sans uh, Fight Club Summer Jam um, that we were able to tape and, and put out on IWTV, which was a ton of fun. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, my my real life, you know, my nine to five, like I've been fortunate to be able to keep my job. I, you know, worked the whole time. Uh, my, you know, my wife and I worked the whole time. So, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been able to, to do that. Um, and I think like with COVID, um, kind of the same, and I'm sure we'll get to it later, like with my ankle injury, um, it allowed me and my family to slow down um, and kind of, you know, spend time together. Because a lot of the time, even now that things are, you know, ramping back up or, you know, well, they're kind of ramping back down now, but um, when things are kind of ramping back up, um, you know, we're, we're going here, we're going to work, we're, you know, we got to pick, you know, the kid up from school, we got to go to JITS, we got to work out, we, you know, have X, Y, and Z, I have, I got to wrestle this weekend, you know, my wife's in the Army National Guard, she has drill this weekend, you know, I got to, you know, do I have to get a babysitter for our kids, so, you know, a lot of moving pieces, and, um, you know, I try to look at the bright side of everything. So with the start of COVID and as we kind of tried to navigate through it, it allowed us to slow down um, and spend time together as a family. So um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I can definitely see that. Like just describing it, it seems very hectic, go, go, go. And I think a lot of people have been kind of forced to dial back their pace at what they go through in their day. And it's been, I, I, I will say, I think it's been something that a lot of us had to work to adjust to mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it's definitely been healthy and worthwhile in, in other ways as well. So yeah. I definitely second you on that, I, even though I, I just have cats that don't have a kid or anything, but. Hey, I mean, <laughs> like they're, they're another kid. I mean, we have three cats and a dog. So, oh. I mean, <laughs> so, I, I mean, that. we're, I mean, the animals in the house, they outnumber the humans. So, I mean, mm. one of these days, they're going to just take over the house, I'm sure. <laughs> Nature always <laughs> usurps, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, it's, that you've been able to at least take advantage and get, and get a lot of positives out of the circumstance um, and with everything, um, especially now that you have started to get back into the ring more. But I do want to go back, you know, obviously I want to talk about early 2020 because I think that delivered some outstanding moments specifically around um your work with the uh, the now defunct uh, primetime for wrestling but um take me back a little bit further where does jordan blade uh first discover pro wrestling and and where does that start to get its hooks into you yeah so i started watching wrestling um you know you hear people say all the time oh i started wrestling when i or not wrestling started watching wrestling uh when i was two or three or six or whatever um, I started watching wrestling when I was 12, um, so a little bit later, and at that point, you know, 
most kids around that age, you know, they're kind of hip to like, oh, this is, you know, the F word, the dreaded F word, this is fake, or, you know, this isn't real, it's predetermined. Um, but um, two of my good friends who are twins, um, I was over their house and their little brother was watching a SmackDown, which um, at the time was on Thursdays, I believe. And, you know, I couldn't tell you the specific match, I wish I could, but, um, you know, I was just hooked ever since then and you know i and all i knew at that point was smackdown i didn't know raw i didn't know um, any other wrestling promotions i didn't know independence i just knew smackdown and it might have been around this time maybe maybe a year or two later where i made a powerpoint presentation for my mom of all these wrestling schools kind of like around the area that I wanted to go to. And I'm maybe probably still 12, maybe 13, 14, um, definitely still in middle school at least. And, you know, I, was, I presented it to her and I was like, hey mom, you know, this is what I want to do. Here are, are a lot of wrestling schools and you're going to have to pay for it, but I will do anything you need me to do if you would just pay for these rest for me to go to one of these wrestling schools. And of course, you know, in one ear, out the other. Yeah, sure, honey. You know, my stepdad thought it was a phase. You know, he would take me to all of the um, WWE shows at the Richmond Coliseum. And so I, 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 I laugh with him now. I make fun of him. I'm like, is it still a phase? <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's kind of how it started. Um, just, you know, sitting at my friend's house, watching wrestling with their, their little brother. And they had a trampoline in the backyard, too. Um, so we would like occasionally like get on there and do moves we saw, you know, uh, on SmackDown. And I can't remember exactly when I found Raw. I, I know I was at home and I was flipping through channels and I was like, what is this? And then eventually put two and two together that, you know, it was the same company. So for then for a while it was Raw and it was SmackDown. And then I was flipping channels a little bit later. Maybe I was in high school-ish. And it was late, and I was like, "What is ROH wrestling? Like, what is ah. this?" <laughs> so then I started watching Ring of Honor, and then once I found Ring of Honor, that's kind of when the spiral started into finding independent wrestling promotions. And hey, here's a gateway into like, okay, you want to do this? Here's a gateway to be able to do this. And that's that I would like look up any independent wrestling promotion I could. Mm. Were there any specific indies that you started like gravitating to like sort of right off the bat once you kind of got that ROH exposure? So obviously I was still like, I was looking at wrestling schools and all that. And I believe they're defunct now, but Kaida Pro came up um, because around this time was when Mickey James made her debut uh, okay. in WWE. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's from Richmond. So I was looking her up and everything and you know, saw that she trained at Kaida Pro, which was um, up in Manassas at the time. And so that was one of the schools that was on there was Kaida Pro. So I would try to look up like everything I could with Kaida. Um, and I think a little bit later, um, I looked up uh, Ground Zero Pro Wrestling, which was based out of uh, Henrico, Virginia, which is where I started training in 2015, um, which that is now defunct as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would look up their stuff and they for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, had um, airtime 
like on like local TV. So I would try mm-hmm. to find that if I could and like we'll watch that. Nice. It's it's always fun kind of discovering like the 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 local indies that are around you. Like is it seems like like they're very under the radar at times, but once they pop up, like you start seeing them in more places. Like I know like growing up in Georgia, like I knew like I knew that there was probably wrestling around just because it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. But you never really like saw too much, and then all of a sudden, there's like local TV in Valdosta has like some random show, and like right, Tifton, like like it's 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 very interesting to kind of like start to get into that ecosystem and see just like how sprawling it can be. Yeah, yeah, and I remember, and I forget the wrestling promotion. I feel bad, but I remember Lita was gonna be there. Mm. Um, so small like local indie wrestling promotion and. I feel like I convinced myself that it was WWE when like clearly it was not. And so like, maybe I was still trying to like put two and two together. I'm like, like Lita's here, but she was in WWE, but I'm confused as to why she's here or whatever. So anyway, um, it was like in a Harley Davidson parking lot, uh, which is pretty cool. And my stepdad took me to that. And I remember like sitting like front row and like I'm looking up at Lita and I'm like just like awestruck because Lita was one of my favorites too Mm. um at the time when I started watching wrestling again in 2005 which we all know what happened in 2005 with the whole Matt Edge and Lita thing obviously like I hated her then right (laughs) um but then (laughs) once I like started doing my research and like was kind of like backtracking and and you know seeing like the origins of these people that I you know these larger than life characters I, I was like wait, like, Lita's great. Like, I love Lita. Like, she's literally my favorite. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's always funny to kind of, like, look at characters now and then kind of see where they've come from and, like, and really gravitate towards that in a way. Yes, yes. It's all a big, big building story in that way. I'm curious to ask you more about Ring of Honor, though, because, like, obviously that that caught your eye and you took a liking to it. Who, and, and whenever you first started watching Ring of Honor, did you start start to kind of gravitate towards? So at anybody. the time, man, I think 2005. So I think that was like the era of like your Daniel, uh, your Brian Danielsons, your CM Punk, Samoa Joes. And I think they were pretty much at the forefront. I mean, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, I think they were pretty much at the forefront at that time period. So I'm pretty sure it was them. And obviously, you know, fast forward, um you know punk and brian are two of my favorites and once i kind of got i once i got older and started to delve more uh, delve deeper into like just the art of pro wrestling um that's when like your daniel bryans and your cm punks and your william regals and your robbie brooksides um and your cesaros um and your uh, chris heroes started to become favorites of mine um, and your Jay Lethal started to become favorites of mine because I was just that type of wrestling, you know, that technical wrestling, you know, grappling, um, you know, that type of wrestling caught my eye early on, even before I started doing jujitsu. So I was already interested in that type of wrestling, um, you know, before I even got into any combat sports. And that's not to say that I didn't like, you know, your your Rey Mysterios or your Eddie Guerrero's like I love those guys but I knew as someone who wanted to be a wrestler especially at that young young age 
I knew I couldn't do a backflip and land on my feet. You know, I, I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, the female ricochet. So I learned from an early age to separate. Okay. Like I love, again, your Eddie Guerrero's, Chris Jericho's, Rey Mysterio's, but I'm going to watch people like Daniel or Jesus, Brian Danielson <laughs> um, and Jay Lethal and people like that in order to like hone the type of wrestling that is going to be that I'm going to be able to do and that's that I am interested in and that's going to be more applicable to me. And that's what I still do to this day. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's smart. Like one of the best things, to, best practices in wrestling is really accentuating strengths minimizing weaknesses and like that's i mean really you work to your to your strengths in that way and i think that definitely suits you and i just have to say i i i love anytime anybody brings up william regal in like a favorite wrestler or inspirational wrestler conversation because i abs i absolutely adore william regal he's great <laughs> he's, he's so, so good great. god he's just and very like underrated and i think anyone would would tell you that um so and i'm i'm i love that he's you know working with nxt i love that robbie brookside is working with nxt uk um so i just i don't know and the the whole nxt uk heritage cup thing anyway i could get on a whole tangent anyway let me (laughs) bring it back jordan i'm bringing it back (laughs) (laughs) no worries i i mean i'm i'm all for a heritage cup tangent i i that that a kid killed it in in that he did he really did and my my uh, I train with a, a myriad of different people, obviously. Um, but, but like one person who really like kind of busted me past the plateau is uh, WWE NXT UK referee Chris Sharp. Mm. Um, so I got the opportunity to train with him for about a year and a half. He he came back to uh, Virginia for a little bit. I forgot where he was um, before, but he came back to Virginia for a little bit, and uh, he trained with us. Um, for a year and a half and that really like I said I was kind of at an impasse I was kind of in this kind of vague area in my career and he just took it to the next level so I if he's watching if he's listening thank you Chris (laughs) (laughs) definitely definitely thank you (laughs) um so you you alluded to it before um especially looking at who you kind of gravitated towards in terms of who you saw yourself uh, in in pro wrestling uh MMA, BJJ background. Um, Were you already interested in kind of moving, like exploring those routes as well while you were looking at pro wrestling? Or was that something that you discovered like after you started training? Like where where did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu come into play for you? So I had been interested in Jiu-Jitsu, combat sports, MMA um, since about high, I think I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember um, going to like a trial class, a trial, I think Muay Thai kickboxing class when I was a sophomore at um, MMA Institute that's um, here in Richmond. Um, and I mean, at the time, like I didn't have a job. So like, <laughs> at the time, you know, my friend and I were trying to go to as many like free trial classes as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like obviously, I started to love pro wrestling when I was 12 and I feel like subconsciously I was interested in getting into things that would help me with pro wrestling. So like, um, jujitsu or like I wanted, 
at one time, like I wanted to be an actress. And so like that would <laughs> obviously help me in, um, in pro wrestling. I took, uh, I took a judo class um, for a semester when I was in college. Um, I took a judo class because I, um, I heard that Lita took a judo class as well. So I was like, okay, well, I need to like legitimately follow the footsteps of people that I <laughs> idolize. Um, so I was trying to do all of these things that would like if you add if you tally them all up they would like possibly make like a semi-decent wrestler right um so I yeah I had been into like grappling and stuff like that um since I was a sophomore in high school I never started doing it like seriously and consistently until I was man I was out of college so maybe like 2016 ish um so that's kind of when I got into I was working at um a different um fitness and martial arts gym at the time and I would do jujitsu and Muay Thai there um, but I would never like stick with it for more than like three months um, and then, then I found um, my jujitsu gym now mongrel fitness and Brazilian jujitsu and I've been doing that since like what 2018 um, so now I'm a four stripe white belt someone said I just want to clear this up someone said I was a black belt jujitsu that is incorrect I've never <laughs> said that I've never said that I don't I don't do MMA I straight like I just do jujitsu like that's 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 the thing that's kind of like secondary to wrestling like I love to compete in jujitsu um, but yeah someone said I was a black belt and I was like oh nah like don't don't put that pressure on me don't put that stress on me I'm not a black belt <laughs> No, no undue, un undue stress there yeah. at all. No. <laughs> um, I'm curious though, you talked about like exploring all these like different forms of, of martial art. Um, what made jujitsu stick with you as, as much as it has? No, that's a good question. So part of it was my wife, son, and I for a while were just going to um, Mongrel's open mats that they had once a month. Um, and again, I knew that jujitsu in particular would help me with my pro wrestling. That's not to say that any other martial art wouldn't, um, but that's just something that I gravitated towards. I love the art of submission. I love the art of, uh, the art of grappling. I, I mean, I think jujitsu is other than wrestling and, ultimate frisbee which is a whole different story i think wrestling uh or jujitsu is one of the the most it's probably it's one of the best sports in the world um honestly um in my opinion um but anyway all three of us do jujitsu um and all three that's something that um bonds all three of us it's something all three of us can talk about um because i mean I'm 20 years older than my son, right? So like, <laughs> to, you know, that you trying to relate to him, right, is mm -hmm. is is hard in and of itself. But um, that was the that was the first thing, and you know, again, the second thing, just trying to um, train something that has enough carryover into pro wrestling, um, and I believe, like, I mean. I think, I think not all, cause I understand like, you know, some women, they may have some reservations about being that close or whatever. Um, but I think uh, jujitsu is one of the best martial arts, um, especially for women for self-defense. Um, so I think jujitsu 
and uh, Muay Thai are like two of the best forms of martial arts for self-defense for women, uh, bar none. Hmm. No, I mean, they're all valid reasons. Like it's, it's interesting to hear that like it's basically like a family affair when it comes oh, to yeah. it too. Like that's just awesome to hear. Like it's just like makes that, that nucleus stronger in a way. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, obviously like a lot of that training has factored into to your wrestling career. I think you made the right choice when it came to the focus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously your, your nickname is the ankle breaker for yes. a good reason. Um, yeah. uh, so like, obviously like you carry that into pro wrestling training in 2015, implement it more and more, um, as you go through, um, and then you get hurt in 2019, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, 20, or was it was like it late 2018? 2018, 2018. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Cause I knew you were out for, for a while, like almost a year, right? Or a little yeah, nine, nine months. Yeah. Gonna so, have a baby. Um, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talk me through this like you're just starting to kind of like as, as you say like kind of break the plateau in a way for yourself um you're starting to feel good about your career and then and then the injury happens like talk me through like your mindset um there um whenever that occurred yeah so i um this was probably the easiest booking I had ever gotten. So I literally went on Twitter and I was like something along the lines of, I would like to wrestle Faye Jackson. And then the match happened. So that was like, <laughs> wait, who told me? Like, no one told me that it was literally going to be that easy. Okay, sweet. Um, so I wrestled Faye Jackson. And to me, in my mind, that was going to be like kind of my breakout match. Right. Mm. Um, and you know, freak accident, no one's fault. I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming anybody, anyone. So I just, you know, I jumped on phase back to get her in a rear naked choke and, you know, she lost her balance and I, I cause I jumped too high on, on her back and, um, she fell on my ankle and it broke. So my ankle was supposed to be like this. It was like that. Lovely. Um, <laughs> so finished the match and wait, wait, hold up. You finished the match, finished the match. <laughs> yes. Sorry. It's just one of those things. Like I, I, I know that wrestlers are, are known for their toughness and I, you know, I've seen like multiple like matches, like wrestling matches or MMA fights where like people break bones and they finish things. But if your ankle is like literally facing the wrong direction, like how, how, <laughs> I was just like, I, I was just like, no, we can't, we, we, we're not going to go out like this. I need to finish the match. Uh, luckily, you know, it, I mean, the match was over maybe two minutes later. Um, and I thought at the time, I was like, it's just a sprain. Like it, it'll be fine. It's just a really bad sprain. I might be out for like maybe six weeks or so. Right. Um, so go to, you know, ortho Virginia the next day and they're like, oh, it's broken. And it's going to like, you'll just be in a cast for like, I think they said six weeks. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, then I go to, I think it was like ortho on call. Then I go to like an actual, like a ankle specialist and they're like, okay, so you're going to be, this is going to require surgery. And I'm like, okay um so that was december so i got surgery early january i was supposed to get married uh march 16th 
so literally two weeks before uh, my wife and I got married is when I got out of the boot. And so I'm like, if you like watch a video of me walking down the aisle, like I'm limping a little bit. And my wife at the time, I was like, okay, like I may have to wear the boot. Like, is that going to be okay? And she was like, well, I prefer you not, obviously, <laughs> like, you know, for pictures and stuff. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, and I like come out like I, so I'm later in the reception, I'm going to take the garter off. Right. So I come out to Shawn Michaels entrance music. As you do, trying to hop on one leg because my <laughs> ankle is still just like super atrophied and stiff and everything. Um, but in, but in between that, right? So I came back, um, man, August, September ish, hmm. and there was a time where this was before my wife and I got married, there was a time where I was, and I don't like to throw out the word depressed because you know. I believe there are a ton of people who are like actually legitimately cl clinically depressed and I don't want to just use the word haphazardly. Um, but I was very sad um, because to go from being so active, like just being up here, you know, working out, doing jujitsu, uh, wrestling to at most probably being able to do upper body and some core work, that was really tough for me. And, you know, same thing like like five or so years earlier when I tore my ACL that was really tough for me mm -hmm. from going from a very high level sport to okay now I'm on the sidelines and it's hard it was hard uh, seeing what I felt as everyone passing me by um so I was sad for maybe like two weeks and then <laughs> like I kind of not so much like got over it but I was just like okay I need to redirect this energy somewhere so again still a lot of upper body stuff you know I started PT in March April-ish um, and you know made made my return I remember going to primetime pro wrestling's first few shows and I was still in the boot and I you know I was asking you know the promoter and stuff I was like do you need any help I'm here to help whatever you can whatever you need me to do and he's like hey can you sit in front of the commentary table and make sure that no one like stands in front of commentary so the commentators can see the action in the ring to call it and I'm like sure and this is not to say that I'm any anyone or whatever, but like I remember sitting there and like people like walk past and like they didn't recognize me. And I know it's like the whole like Clark Kent thing. Like I'm wearing glasses right now because I'm you know blind and obviously I have contacts in when I wrestle and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but like they didn't like realize what it was at all. So when I went to make my return at prime time in I think November, no, it wasn't November. It was September. I was worried that I was going to come out to crickets. And I think when I came out to save Eel for the first maybe what seemed like five minutes, but I'm sure it was like two seconds, the slow motion run, you know, this Baywatch type run. I like, I, I didn't hear anything. Like no one was like, cheering or anything and I was like oh my god I was like oh no this is this is gonna be a bust 
But then once I slid in the ring and hit Kip with the half and half, half and half suplex, and then that's when they got up. That was that that was the best feeling. That that was a high for me. Like that was the best feeling I've ever had in wrestling, like bar none. That was great. And to have people A remember me, but Beach like chant welcome back. Like that, I mean, uh, I get goosebumps thinking about it still, but <laughs> Oh, I mean, for good reason. Like it, it, it's it was an electric moment. Like I remember watching that. Like later, like later on after the after that uh, happened live, and just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just amazing. Like to to get that reaction, I can only imagine. Like it's just right. it just it it seemed like it was something that was very organic, in 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 such a wonderful way. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious is like. You know, I, you coming back and saving Eel was like you said, like that was like that was an outstanding moment and and got a, a huge reaction, um, and then you you together formed Kings of the District coming out of that. What was what was your history with Eel prior to the tag team forming? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. So I I had heard about eel before and i think he had heard about me and i feel like i feel like our genesis was very like at least for me i was like i don't know because again i didn't have that much like experience with eel but as soon as like we talked it was like okay cool like there was just like an instant connection and eel is one of the most creative minds i think in in wrestling like in my opinion like bar none like i like if you're not following him if you're not following him on twitter or instagram like you need to be for real because he i mean i'm creative like to an extent as far as like my work in the ring but his work in the ring his work outside of the ring his camera work his promos, his presence, like it's, it's so inspiring and amazing to watch because I feel like he has all the tools to be successful in this business. And I'm super grateful that we're together as a tag team. Like I, I mean, and I learned so much from him too. So, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful to have him as a, as a tag team partner. I mean, as a tag team partner, I call him my brother all the time. <laughs> because i mean that's what he is to me yeah i mean like you said like it, it it's interesting to hear that y'all didn't really have any like background prior to that happening because it seemed like y'all had known each other for years like now, if you out talk to that. him he'll probably be like oh yeah like we blah 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 and like my memory <laughs> is terrible so like take take what i said about like <laughs> our history before that take it with a grain of salt because like i literally like have the joints of a 60 year old and the memory of an 80 year old so like <laughs> no but I, I oh no you're fine i'm with you though on eel like he is he is a man of of great depth when it comes to to this business and like he's such he is so many different like faces and different personalities that 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 he brings to the ring with himself like eel o'neill and kings of the district is so vastly different from african-american horror story Yes. O'Neal and like and there's so much more in between there and yes. I don't know like you two together just made like a an awesome 
uh, partnership in, in the ring and, and outside of the ring from, from what we could see um, on the primetime programs. So much so that y'all in January became the, uh, the first and only uh, primetime pro wrestling tag team champions. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's yeah. Well, but putting the, the end of the company to, to the back burner for a <laughs> second here, like let's, let's talk about the moment, the, the Capitol Heights match, the, the moment yes. um, where y'all did win the championships there. Like, what was that night like for you? Um, I've had Billy Dixon on the show. And I, I think at one point I asked him what exactly a Capitol, ha- ca- uh, Capitol Heights match was back then and like he just basically talked about like busting his ass or something so (laughs) i'm curious to get your take on what on what that match was and what that moment was like for you yeah so that was probably like the scariest match i've ever been in because i don't like heights Mm. and i told eel from the jump i was like you are climbing this thing i'm staying on the ground that's like literally like with my whole personality is on the ground okay like yours up here i'm down here okay um but winning that for us or well let me just speak for myself um which i'm sure he may share the same uh sentiments but i know winning that for us was i think cathartic and like we we needed that because I think we both at times feel as though we're overlooked. Mm. And I think that was validation for us that yes, we can be something like, yes, we are something. Um, Yes. Like the fans react to us and, and love us. Um, So I know that was very emotional for me, um, you know, to be the first ever anything, you know, of course, um, that's something that's, you know, very, very important to me, especially when I'm building my legacy and things like that. Um, I, I did get punched in the mouth by, by sin from Capitol Heights and like was bleeding everywhere. So that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but just that, I mean, and you look at the teams, you know, that were in that match, right? You, you got Capital Vices who are just like a powerhouse team. You had Billy Dixon and a scooter mm-hmm. <laughs> and Billy Dixon. I love him. Like I, 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 I love what he's doing. He's doing some great things for pro wrestling. He's doing some great things for, um, you know, black African-American and, you know, wrestlers of color. Um, and I, I think he has a very creative mind. So I am just gushing over everything he's doing. I, I love it. Um, and yeah, pretty proper, um, pretty proper who, um, if you want to, if you, if someone were to ask you, what's one team that you think has all the tools, has it is TV ready. That would be pretty proper to me. Um, uh, you, they have the look, you know, they have, you know, their personalities down to a T. Um, and I mean, don't tell them I told you this, but they're, you know, two of the nicest people I've ever met in, in this business. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put that out there so much, but <laughs> I was going to keep it in my pocket. Hey, yes. Um, so, and I think, you know, and you, you've seen the stuff, you know, Lady Frost has been doing, um, especially kind of on the, the back half of 2020 and you know i'm super proud of her um but like i said 
two of the best singles and, you know, as a tag team, especially intergender tag team wrestlers um, on the circuit today. Um, so you had a, a ton of talent in that match. And I, I know for me, I was just fortunate to be able to be in the ring with them and learn from them um, and beat them, honestly, <laughs> uh, to be the first ever primetime and only primetime uh, pro wrestling tag team champions with, with my bro Eel. No, like I, I, it was an awesome moment, and and the match itself was really exciting, honestly. And it was it produced uh, a moment that was only topped a couple months later, honestly, in my opinion, because like Butch versus, I, I I make the I make the joke or the comment all the time on this show, like like no matter who I have on, like the conversation always at, at some point comes back to Butch versus Gore, yes, because that show was just so monumental for the community so yeah. many communities in, in what it was and you know um being bisexual myself seeing you come out with the flag like there's a reason why whenever i wrote up about the article that i included that picture of you and eel on your entrance with the flag bear out there because like that's a powerful visual statement and and it it's not something that pro wrestling really provides the environment for expression a lot of the time honestly not just for like you know bi personalities but for for all lgbtq personalities or identities rather not personalities um you know and and obviously things have been getting better especially 2020 we've seen so many new ideas new people coming out like an influx of lgbtq talent getting a larger stage but at the same time like it really all started back at butch versus gore earlier this year talk to me a little bit about um what that night meant for you so i mean that was a special show event moment everything for me because as a you know bisexual black woman you know pro wrestling isn't isn't the nicest right to um to minorities um and primetime in and of itself was a promotion where i felt 100 percent safe where i felt safe to bring my son and bring my wife to um somewhere where like my wife is not a wrestling fan at all um she just likes my matches or watches my matches and that's about it um but coming to primetime um, it, it was one of those rare promotions where I was, I felt safe to bring her and I was proud to bring her. And that's not to say that I'm not proud to bring her to any of my other shows, obviously, because I love wrestling. She loves my passion for wrestling. She loves watching me wrestle. Um, but, you know, primetime just had a different aura about it because, because it was inclusive, you know, um, and Butch versus Gore, you know, as soon as it was announced, I knew that I was going to hold up the Bi Pride, Bi Pride flag. Um, just because, I mean, that was, the whole show was making a statement, but I felt that I needed to make a statement as well. Um, that pro wrestling is changing and it needs to be all inclusive. Um, and that, again that whole show was just very emotional for me um I think I had Eel and I had probably the best tag match that we had had up to that point um that triple threats 
um, against Burden the Bee and Ariella and Logan Black. Um, and I was really proud of that. And I was really proud of everyone at that show. And just the vibe there was just, I mean, everyone was just kind of, you know, just every everyone was buzzing and every, everyone was hype and everyone was excited and things like that. And I love that energy in a show, you know, and again, that's not to say that, um, you know, other wrestling shows are not going to have that vibe backstage or anything, but when something different is happening in pro wrestling, you can feel it. And the fans are excited, the, or another level excited. The, the, the wrestlers are another level excited. Um, and like I said, that show was just, I mean, it was monumental for a plethora of reasons. Um, and it, it was definitely monumental for me. No, I, I can, I can definitely see why, why it would be. And like, you know, I was, I was in the crowd that, that night and like that crowd was one of the most raucous and fun pro wrestling crowds that I've been part of in like the years that I've been like watching and, and covering this sort of thing. Like it was just, it was a completely different environment. There were so many first time fans there, like people that just heard the fact that, that, that it was a pro wrestling company that was like doing something in honor of the LGBTQ community. It drew so many people to something that, you know, like yourself would thought they would not feel safe or, or welcome in in those circles so like it 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 really i don't know it got the ball rolling in a lot of ways for what we would see later on this year you right. know whether it be like paris is bumping or the big gay brunch or you know other other event uh, the stuff that mv young's been doing um uncanny like so many like, there's so many now that like i'm starting to like i i forget names on my list and i feel bad <laughs> but it's a good thing because like it, yeah. it, it it's there's all this very welcoming and accepting pro wrestling content and events and people that are making things easier, taking the message of Butch versus Gore mm -hmm. um, and the message of like you and so many other people that were on that show that made those statements and, and carrying them forward in a, in an effective way. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, obviously like Butch versus Gore was probably like the, the last thing pre-pandemic that like less major thing pre-pandemic. I am mm -hmm. curious about Summer Jam though, because like while, you know, primetime had been there for the LGBTQ community with Butch versus Gore, Fight Club has been a breath of fresh air when it comes to um, featuring black talent yeah. uh, and, and talent of color. Um, and Summer Jam, honestly, like watching the show, it just looked like y'all were having fun. Yeah. Like, like it's been like months since y'all have been in the ring. I know that Fight Club had done a couple of like cinematic matches, like on like the some playgrounds or stuff around the area there in the DMV. Yeah. But um, Summer Jam was something was something awesome to see, and y'all got to take part in another first. You and Eel against Oreo Speedwagon, uh, yeah. Joshua Wavera and Xavier Faraday, uh, the first tag team match in Fight Club history. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. What yeah. was what was that experience like for you? Like, what, what was it like? First off, like having those months of layoff and finally getting the chance to get back into the ring. Like, were you just like chomping at the bit? Oh yeah, like I was chomping at the bit. And there's definitely like I will be completely transparent with you right now. If you watch that match and you watch me, uh, there's some ring rust there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna be 100 honest with that. Um, but that was good to get back in the ring. And I, same with, um, uh, with prime time, I feel like fight club is another home for me. I feel 100% safe there. 
Um, and yeah, Summer Jam, like, like you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was just a bunch of us getting together. Uh, we were having fun. We hadn't wrestled in however many months and we were just hyped to get back in the ring and to, you know, put some content out there. Um, and I'm grateful to Fight Club that they, you know, went ahead and, and set that up. Um, we're not going to talk about that Elon and I lost lost the first ever tag team match in Fight Club history because that's irrelevant. But um, <laughs> um, Oreo Speedwagon, uh, you know, Joshua and Xavier, um, they're super talented. Um, and I, I know I was definitely uh, felt privileged to be able to get in the ring with them. Um, Joshua and I have the same mentality um, when it comes to our uh our wrestling styles so i would love to have a one-on-one match with them i think that would be really uh interesting i think that'd be really fun um i think that would be something that hopefully the fans want to see um (laughs) because you know joshua is a pure wrestler um and am i a pure wrestler i don't know i would say i would say so I don't know. I think so. I want <laughs> man's know. opinion. See, <laughs> see, here's the thing. Like, I love it. I I, I love the, the dichotomy, though, because it's like, you know, there's technical professional wrestling, but it's like, okay, I bring my jujitsu background into it. So does that, does that make me pure? Or mm. am, I, am I a little, am I just an outcast over here? I am see. I an outlier? I see what you're saying now. Taking yeah. double meaning. Yes. I see what you're going now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm putting down. <laughs> okay. All right. Someone book it. Hey. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in too. <laughs> no, and like, th- honestly, like that would be awesome, especially considering like you're starting to like be able to really implement or, or work styles that are more akin to that, that ground-based grappling style that you are bringing from jujitsu into, into the ring. Most, I mean, obviously we'll, we're, we'll talk about the stuff you've been doing with paradigm pro and the, the garden state invitational, obviously, but um, after summer jam, there's another lull there for you. Like what, what, what were you thinking? Like finally getting the chance to get back into the ring, but then there's like this, this other lull on the other on the other side of it. So it just felt like, you know, I was, ha- I was happy to, and excited to get back into the ring. I was hoping that that was going to lead to kind of some more exposure, you know, to get some more work and stuff like that. Um, but it didn't really, uh, mm. which I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, wrestling is wrestling. We're in a pandemic, you know, I get, for, I get from me, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Um, but around that time um well not not around that time maybe around october-ish uh Ela and i were solicited um by pwi to they wanted to feature us in their top 50 tag team special magazine um so i was like you know Ela and i were were ecstatic about that because that would be you know the first we got a two-page spread in pwi so like that would be the first magazine at least that that i was in i think i was in there we were in there one other time just like as a little blurb like here's what happened at prime time like you know or like you know, Eel O'Neill and Jordan, Jordan Blade are the tag team champions. And that's, you know, that was about it. Um, but like to have like a full two page spread was, was super cool. Um, but yeah, as far as wrestling, like there was, 
there was basically a, a huge lull there. And again, I just took the time to focus on myself, focus on um, my my weight training, focus on my jujitsu. Um, you know, we have promotions coming up. So I was really just kind of honing in on that. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that there aren't, that I'm not always focusing on wrestling, but there are definitely times in the year where, um, you know, pre-pandemic, um, where I'm focusing, let's say I'm focusing more on wrestling and a little bit less on jujitsu and they, you know, the scales may tip a little bit and sometimes they may be even, usually I try to keep them, you know, pretty even. But if I decide at some point that I want to compete in jujitsu, um, then, you know, the jujitsu training kind of goes up a little bit. So they always kind of, you know, are tipping around the same point, but certain points of the year, they'll kind of, one will tip in favor of the other. So mm. did the being featured in the PWI tag team, uh, special there, did that offer you any, any further like validation within, I... within your career? Yeah, so it kind of, it came around a time, like, so, I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, towards the, in mid-November, well, it came out, the digital edition came out on my birthday, um, so <laughs> you're talking towards the end of the year, so we had that going on, and then I had already, I believe, been booked for Synergy at that point, and then you had Paradigm, you know, say that, oh, hey, we're having um uwfi contender series like email us or dm us dm us if you want to try out so it just felt like the uh the um eel and i being featured in pwi it felt like that was the start of kind of like a cascade of events um a cascade of cool events to kind of close out my 2020 hmm no, and, and it, I think it definitely paid off in the way. Like, obviously, I haven't I haven't seen any of what's come out of the paradigm UWFI <laughs> contender stuff yet. But um, from what you've said on, online and and just the expectation from all the people that are involved in in that show, like, it's I'm sure it's going to be uh, outstanding stuff when um, it does come out. It's I mean I met so many amazing people there and so many like like-minded people there as well um it's which is validating to me because sometimes it feels like you know Eel and I both we love technical wrestling um but as like singles it feels sometimes uh, sometimes it feels like I'm kind of like on an island by myself where I'm the only person who likes technical wrestling or likes to implement it in matches and stuff like that. Um, so it was very validating for me and exciting to be able to uh, be around, like I said, a lot of like-minded people and to be, be able to roll around with some of, some of them. I mean, I, you know, Robert Martyr is someone that people should keep their eye on. Um, Yo-Yo Shooterweight is someone that um, people, I believe, should keep their eye on. Um, Connolly is another guy that I think people should keep their eye on. Um, but that whole experience, because it was a different rule set, um, like, of course, that was in my wheelhouse, right? And that's something that, like, you know, that shit's cool to me. <laughs> like, it's, it's not going to be cool to everybody, which is fine. Um, but I like, I mean, you know, when I come home and I'm, you know, talking to my wife about my match, I'm like, babe, like, my lip got busted. I'm so hype about this. <laughs> 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 like I think it's gonna be swollen like I'm gonna go to work like this tomorrow and I'm just gonna like be gushing the whole time um but yeah like I I think everyone in wrestling 
to some extent is a masochist and that was a very masochistic thing for me to just say just then so it's pretty spot on yeah <laughs> no but I, I i really dig that that paradigm is you know continues to do the uwfi stuff obviously it's a completely Maybe not completely different style, but a very drastically different style than a lot of other pro wrestling. Um, had you really, had you like kind of delved back into like the back catalog of, of like, no, not just Paradigm's UWFI stuff, but, you know, UWFI from Japan and, you know, Battle Arts, Rings, like all these other companies that kind of were like that sort of shoot style um, stuff. Had you delved back into that prior to um, kind of getting into the Paradigm uh, stuff or was that something that you kind of like like maybe I need to go like look back on it now that I'm going to be in this this series oh yeah so I had to um to familiar familiarize myself with UWFI rules um because admittedly uh beforehand I was you know ignorant to the the rule set um so I was like let me not go out there and get disqualified for something you know weird or whatever so yeah so I had to delve, delve back a lot into that so um you know watching a lot of past UWFI rules matches um watching you know a modern wrestler who is one of my favorites right now is Kyle O'Reilly um so I was studying a lot of his stuff um studying a lot of uh Kushida stuff a little bit of Zack Sabre Jr um so I could be prepared obviously for these matches mm. those are good names to be studying when it comes to that style though like and i just i just love that paradigm it continues to to implement that style and they're bringing all these new people into it because you know it kind of it's it, it, it opened up opens up a new avenue for wrestlers of you know a certain style to kind of explore themselves like i know some of my favorite uwfi matches that they've done have been you know with people like lee moriarty and calvin tankman obviously juicy jimmy getting the, a, a shot at that style was was really interesting to watch and then it's also been fairly really inclusive as well like obviously like you were there as well um the a previous event they had maxi impaler you know having a non-binary yep. wrestler mm -hmm. in the in i was that. super stoked to see them yes like them, th that match with them and Lee Moriarty, I think it was, that was yeah, really that was good. really good. Yeah. So I, it's been, it was really awesome to see that you were going to get a shot at this and not just like any shot. You were going to be in like the first, like all women's UWFI rules match mm -hmm. in the company's history. You and uh, Janai Kai, I hope I'm saying, or I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Yep. You're correct. Awesome. Cool. Um, so tell me what that was like to kind of like, not only get the call, but to realize that you were going to be in like another first right <laughs> so um when they you know when they hit me back up and you know they were like you know yeah you got the spot like obviously i was stoked because paradigm is somewhere that i wanted to wrestle for the better part of a year um and again when they announced the uwfi contender series i was like okay here we go like this is right in my wheelhouse and i was a little nervous because i looked at the date and I was like, this is the day before, you know, my magic synergy with Trish, right? And I was like, I'm going to have to, like, you know, go to Indiana, then come back and then go to New Jersey. And my wife was like, okay, like, do it. Like, what are you, <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about, right? Um, so to get that call, like, again, overall to, 
to you know wrestle for paradigm was um amazing i was super stoked about that and then to see um that i was gonna be wrestling janai kai a i was stoked um because i have actually i've never uh wrestled her before even though she's um she's based out of dc i believe and i'm like we're so close i don't know i don't understand how we haven't wrestled each other yet um and, and she she is a legitimate black belt in taekwondo she's a black belt i am not <laughs> um <laughs> So I was really excited to, you know, have that matchup because, again, I thought that that matchup, you know, jujitsu versus taekwondo, I was like, that's going to be really interesting to see, like, here's a stand-up game versus a grappling game. Okay, you know, there's so many questions. How is Jordan going to adapt to, um, you know, Janai's immaculate stand-up game? And then, you know, conversely, there's the question of, okay, if the match goes to the ground, is Janai going to be able to withstand Jordan's grappling? So uh, there were, you know, the story is the story with itself, really. Um, but to be in the first ever women's UWFI, you know, rules match at Paradigm, like, I, I mean, again, over the moon, um, you know, and that's, again, another notch on my belt that I could put down, like, here I made history again like mid history I guess like what three times this year I guess <laughs> just about. Um, so and, you know typically I don't like to toot my own horn but it's just wrestling is so interesting in that there's still you would think that there wouldn't be a ton of firsts to still be had but there's still a ton of firsts to be had and again I feel like being in the first ever women's match I think that's just going to open doors for a lot of other people and that's at the end of the day like yes I love wrestling yes I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler and yes now I do this for my family um, you know so I can provide for them but opening doors for the younger generation or for other other females or other you know um queer black women um or young girls or whatever who decide they want to do this and they want to do that style and they see oh hey here are actually two women of color in this match it is the first ever match it's surreal and i mean again that's that's always been a goal of mine it's just just keep breaking down barriers hmm. no and i think that's you know a very valid goal to have you know, whenever it comes to kind of representing marginalized communities within an industry that hasn't been the kindest to them or in, in its history. But you no, know, we're just going to keep changing it. Just got to keep changing, changing the game where we can. And people yeah. are starting to notice. So they're definitely starting to notice. I'm glad, um, I'm glad man. Yeah. And you speaking about having two women of color in the ring uh, together, that takes us to this past weekend in Jersey, the I don't I, I don't know if like I was the only one thinking this but like DMV dream match. Uh, it's a match that you've been wanting to have for a while, I know. You've been very vocal about it online. Jordan Blade and Trisha Dora um at, at the uh Women's Garden State Invitational. Yeah. Um I I'm a sucker for for really good obviously for mat based stuff. Um and I think that you know sometimes it can be there's a, there can be a little bit of a barrier to entry for for some people when it comes to that that style, but mm -hmm. that match I think had like it it had everything, 
that matchup with you and Trish, like it had the ground based stuff. It had, you know, the the back and forth, the striking, the stand up. You had a good bit of drama in there. And it was just it was just all around like an, an outstanding match. And I think a number of people looked at it as one of the if not the best, one of the better ones of the night. What was it like for you to finally get that shot at Trisha Dora? Finally. <laughs> so um when I was told uh, the first time that I was going to be wrestling Trish, I, I'm pretty sure I threw my phone, like, <laughs> like not in a, in a bad way, in like a, an excited a, a, way. like, I cannot believe this excited, like over the moon, like type of way. I don't know why my body reacted like that. I, like, I couldn't tell you. Um, but I, I think I, Trish is a star. It, it, Trish has has it. Trish has everything. Trish has this aura that you just cannot replicate. Not everyone can have that aura that she does. And that, that on top of being a phenomenal wrestler, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to wrestle her a, at Butch versus Gore when she sold the show in the opening match. And I was like, screw you. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. All right. I got to work 10 times as hard, but no, that's, that's always good. Um, and then when I was there for Fight Club, when she won the Pan-African World Diaspora uh, Championship. And again, the emotion. And, and, and I think... As far as like, if we're, if we're defining her 2020, I think her matches and her stories have all had emotion. And that's other than, oh, hey, here's a cool move. Other than, oh, hey, I love mat-based wrestling. That's what, that's what gets us into wrestling in the first place is the story, is the emotion. Can you make me cry? Can you make me feel something? That's why, you know, Sasha Banks versus Bailey NXT TakeOver Brooklyn won. Like, that's why that's one of my favorite matches like gives me goosebumps every time, right? So if I'm talking to someone and I'm like, you know, they're like, oh my God, you watch wrestling, blah, blah, blah. If they, if I'm showing them any match, it's going to be that one. Like, I mean, it's just going to be that one. Um, But again, like I, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about Trish. And like I said, I've wanted to wrestle her since earlier this year. And I knew that when I did, I was gonna have to bring it. Because of course I wanted to have a good match and I wanted to give her a good match as well um, because I feel like she deserves it. Um, other than being a phenomenal wrestler, you know, she's just a great person outside of the ring. Um, just a ray of sunshine, if you will. <laughs> um, She's a great person, and I was I, honored um, to be able to even step in the ring with her. I think um, you could see it on my face, like when she came out. Like I didn't take my eyes off her because I don't, I don't take my eyes off my opponent, right? Um, but there was we made eye contact when when I was standing in the ring and she was standing on the ropes, and we. You can you can talk to people without actually saying words, and it was at that moment I was like, like we got something special that's about to happen, 
So if you go back and watch, I don't know when the replay is going to be up, but if you go back and watch, and if you see that moment, like if you really zero in on it, like you'll be able to see like we're, we're about to make some magic here. And I know that sounds cliche, but that's how I felt. I mean, it's it's cliche, but it's also apt for a reason. Like that, that's what really what you set out to do in pro wrestling is to create those kind of moments. You know, right. not just for your, I mean, for yourself, obviously, because like you want to, like, internalize that that sense of accomplishment in the way that that you do, but also for the people that are watching. And I think that that definitely was communicated through that match and. Um, it was just outstanding, not just to see like that style of wrestling get its due, but also to, to show that it can. It so I think so often technical wrestling gets a bad rap for, especially mat based stuff for like you know being devoid of the more dramatic or emotional aspects of pro wrestling. It's just like you know move for move, counter for counter, catches catch can sort of thing. But that match, if like so like so many others that have been that style, proved that you can put that into it. Um, with the right people and, and with the right mindset going in. I, I I can't say enough about how awesome the match was. The whole tournament was great. I thought it was really cool to see that every semifinalist was a, was a woman of color. That was yeah. rad to me as yeah. well. Yes. So, um, but like the tournament overall was great. Faye and Tara knocked it out of the park. Love them. Love them. Yes. Um, Did nothing but good things to say about them. Yeah. So like, I, I, I highly su- suggest that anybody that hasn't seen that tournament yet, whenever the replay goes up, go check it out. The whole thing is, is awesome. Um, but now that you're like past this weekend, this very busy weekend for yourself, you know, you, like I said earlier, you've been online saying that this is like one of your favorite weekends of your career in that way. Like looking back on it, like what's, what's kind of making you feel that way? So this was the first time that I had kind of, you know, you hear, you hear all these stories about wrestlers about like, yeah, like we're, you know, we're in one town today and then the next day we're going to be all the, the whole way across the country and, you know, either flying or driving and, and, you know, we got like two hours of sleep and, and you hear that that's like, that's the, the life of a pro wrestler, right? Right. And I think this weekend was the first time that I kind of lived that life. And, and it, there was a lot of anxiety, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, COVID, okay, you know, um, and flying with it and everything. But I mean, literally, I flew to Indiana, um, got to the hotel, stayed, stayed at the hotel for maybe an hour, got to the venue. Um, we didn't finish filming or we didn't finish taping until one in the morning. And so I got back to my hotel, maybe 1.32 ish. I took a three hour nap. My flight back to Richmond was at 6 a.m. Got back here, got back to the house, maybe around like 10.30 ish. I unpacked, repacked, ate, took care of the animals and uh, met Erica, met Erica Lee at her place. And we drove up together. I drove up the whole way you know, got there, you know, had my match with Trish and, you know, had the show and we drove back and I got back at 2.30 in the morning. So, you know, that whole weekend I'd had three hours of sleep. Hmm. Um, And like I said, that was, that was the first time that I had kind of had that kind of wrestlers, um, not mentality, but like 
you know, like lifestyle. Rest, rest of life. Yeah. Like, thank you. Words escaping <laughs> me. Words. Um, yeah, wrestler's lifestyle. So that was really cool to me just to kind of get out there because again, a ton of anxiety, you know, with traveling with COVID and things like that. And also, you know, hey, I'm traveling all this way and you know, I'm doing this for wrestling and because this is what I love. Um and again, as far as like all of my matches this weekend, I'm really proud of all of them. Um, usually I, usually I tear myself down and I'm like, oh, I did this wrong. I, you know, I messed this up. I didn't, you know, I, you know, whatever. I don't like to watch my matches back. I do, but like I cringe cause it's like, you know, you don't like to, same as like hearing your own voice, right? You don't like to hear your own voice. Um, so, but I, this is the first time where, you know, everything I've done the whole weekend, like I'm very proud of, and I'm very excited for it to drop on IWTV so everyone can see it. Um, I'm excited to see it too. Um, especially the, obviously, especially my match with Trish, which I haven't um, watched back because I don't know when the replay is going to be up. Um, and then, you know, whenever Paradigm, you know, puts their contender series up on IWTV, I'm really excited for that. Um, but it was just like a great weekend full of great wrestling and just a great atmosphere too. Paradigm has a great locker room and Synergy had a great locker room. Um, so I it really, I couldn't ask for anything else. Every, everyone was, you know, excited about stuff. Everyone was buzzing about things um, and you could just feel the energy in the air. So I was, you know, that whole weekend, like I said, was just really, it was really fun. It was really cool. It definitely came across that way, especially on, on the Synergy show. And, and I'm sure it will come across that way, too, once Paradigm puts out the, the UWFI Contender Series. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that, like, this, this I'm excited for you to, to, have, to have those opportunities, um, especially, like, knowing how stop and start things have been over the past, like, two years for you, really. Yeah. Um, so it's just awesome to see, and hopefully this keeps translating to more down the line. Which you know kind of brings me to my to my last question for you because like 2020, so many firsts for you, so many yeah. firsts and historic moments that you made. What are you looking forward to in 2021? Uh, Jordan versus Trish too, which I know is not a first, but hey, if, if that title's on the line, it's a first. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Somebody book it. Um, man, I. I'm looking forward to possibly hi Billy uh, getting on Paris's bumping. Um, I I'm looking to branch out more into the Midwest. Um, so um, hi Black Label. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say hi to just everyone um, and it, more into the Northeast. Um, so hi Battle Club high limitless <laughs> there you go um hi beyond um Call your shot dude you got to you have to i mean that again that's how i got my match with Faye. um mm. but you have to sometimes i mean if you if you don't invest in yourself if you don't believe in yourself i mean who else is going to because at the end of the day the wrestling business is a very selfish business and i don't think i'm saying anything that anyone doesn't know already mm. um it's, it is what it is um so I, yeah so like i said looking to branch out more um looking to compete uh in jiu-jitsu 
a nice. little bit more looking 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 to get that blue belt yo there you go um, yeah so um yeah there's there's some goals there i i think i mean every year right at, at the end of every year everyone's like the next year's gonna be my year like every, everybody was like 2020 is gonna be my year and the universe said ha um so but i mean i'm not gonna i don't want to jinx it but knock on wood here um, I think 2021 is going to be my year. I think, again, the body work that I put together, at least at the beginning and the end of 2020, um, again, I'm really proud of. And I feel like especially, um, you know, this past weekend, everything is going to, I'm looking forward to everything, just kind of keeping the ball rolling into 2021 and making the most of those opportunities no that's all that's all you can do and i think it's it's the best mindset to have going into these things so and i i'm gonna call one more shot for you for my for myself like a selfish one for me mission pro hey i like i know we just crowned a new champion down there la rosa negra yes mission pro call up jordan blade hey yes I'm available. I got family in Texas, you know. Just hey, there you saying. go. Make it a family. Get the family together. Yes, just saying. Yeah, Mission. <laughs> I, and I'm sorry. I, I am remiss. I, just, I, I really love all this, this stuff Mission Pro is doing down there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm really proud of um, just an acquaintance or whatever. Genocide is doing really well down there. I'm really proud of her. Um, so, yeah, Mission Pro, call up your girl. There you go. Get the ankle breaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Jordan, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me today. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online. Yo. All right. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jordan underscore blade 92. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Short <laughs> and sweet. Simple. Exactly. That's yes. The best way to keep it. Well, <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. My thanks once again to Jordan Blade for taking the time uh, to sit down and chat and come on the show. I, I've been looking forward to having the chance to chat with her and um, kind of pick her brain about a number of things. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just a blast. And I'm really glad we had the chance to do it. And I can't wait to do it again and to see what her future holds because uh, she's... As you heard at the end of the interview there, there's some lofty goals for 2021. Um, I know I'm mission pro paradigm black label you know more more paradigm uh, it's just all kinds of stuff but i know for a fact like she's said hey to billy and uh billy dixon's been teasing a little something butch versus gore related so who knows maybe she'll be getting that call pretty soon um but a call that you will not get is uh, a number. That's a bad transition. I'm going to cut it right there. We're going to end the show for this week um, and let everybody get and get back to the last minute Christmas planning and all that fun stuff that comes with it. Um, just enjoy your holiday, however you celebrate, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays uh, from us here at LGBT in the Ring. And I think I can safely say from everyone here at Outsports as well. I'm just going to take that upon myself. And uh, you don't ask for permission. You ask for forgiveness, right? Anyway. <laughs> Hi, Don. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, we will be back next week with uh, uh, a little um, – 
little QWI uh, 100 edition of the show, uh, much like last year where we did the QWI 25. Um, it just doesn't it just doesn't hit as hard as QWI 100 for obvious reasons. Either way, we'll be talking more about the list next week. Make sure you check out the list starting today on Uh 20 names every day from here until Monday the 28th. Just keep coming back to the site over your long weekend and uh, help us join us rather join us in celebrating the top 100 LGBTQ pro wrestlers of 2020. Um, with that being said, though. I will see you next week, but we cannot get out of here, even though it's a holiday, um, without saying thank you to the rad people that help make this show as awesome as it is. The Progress Pride Flag, designed by Daniel Quasar, is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. Big thank you to Sarah in the safe word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. And if you want to check out the Women's Garden State Invitational Tournament from Synergy Wrestling, if you want to check out the Paradigm Pro uh, UWFI Contender Series where Jordan Blade fought Jenai Kai, you want to check out that match that I certified as a banger, Trisha Dora and Jordan Blade, um, at, at the Women's Garden State Invitational, you can check out both of those events on independentwrestling.tv. And if you do not have a subscription, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod and get a five-day free trial to check out those events and any other events that you might want to catch up on or investigate or just, I don't know, something to watch whenever you're not stuffing your face or unwrapping presents or whatever you do for your holiday. Um, it's fun. Just use our promo code, LGBTRingPod, uh, or you go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Enjoy as much wrestling as you can cram into those five days. Um, go read the QWI 100. I'm just going to keep keep plugging it. Anyway, <laughs> but go, go read the list. Go watch some of the matches from a lot of the people on the list. A lot of the people on the list um, have matches on IWTV, and you can definitely check out them in action. Um, and just have yourself a really nice long weekend um, as we wind down the year here. Um, yeah, once again, LGBT Ring Pod at independentwrestling.tv. Five days free. tinyurl.com slash IWTV LGBT. And of course, if you are into video games, I also host a gaming news show called the Mr. Video Game Super Show that goes live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. Um, this week, we are doing our Game of the Year show, one of my favorite shows of the year. Uh, we are doing our individual top five games of the year, as well as a bottom three. Um, I don't know if I necessarily always believe in just trying to figure out the worst things of a year, but eh, if, if, if there was a year that deserved it, 2020 might be it, um, even though there are so many positives to celebrate from this year as well. Um, it's always it's always a, a give and a take, right? And then of course um, we can run through an, a couple of other categories as well. It's just a really good time celebrating the year in games, and we're doing it this Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at Twitch.tv/DeadSunEntertainment. I would love it if you would join us uh, and help us end the year properly by celebrating the games that deserve celebrating, um, not Cyberpunk 2077. 
Sorry, I had to call. I had to put my shot out there. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's gonna do it for us here this week. Everyone, have a merry Christmas. Have a safe holiday. Have a happy holiday. Whatever holiday you celebrate, um, and come back next week after you've read the QWI 100 on Outsports.com. Come back next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, we actually, you know, what we're gonna do? We'll do a Q and A on it too. You want to throw out some questions? You know, QWI Q and A or whatever. You the you see our email address on our Twitter account LG, at LGBT Ring Pod. Uh, email us LGBT Ring Pod at gmail dot com. If you have any questions, comments, feedback about the list, and we will maybe address those next week as well. Um, but until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask. And no matter whether it's your biological family or your chosen family, enjoy your family in any way that you can as long as it's safely social distanced and um, just find love wherever you can during this weekend, during this holiday. Um, That's something I've had to kind of tell myself and internalize myself as well. So... uh, it's a struggle for me too, uh, but yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of you out there for listening to the show. Um, I know this is normally a short little snippet part, but I just had to. I just had to get a little bit more emotion in there because I'm me. Bye. She made a deal with the demon so her lover could live With the moon is high and the devil is trying to stick It's the formula 666